Welcome to the 16th episode in our podcast series about positive intelligence. We are Amy Moser and Charlie Jett, two certified positive intelligence coaches and partners whose clients include many different types of individuals from me, um, lawyers and divorced people, and many types of businesses that Charlie also works with. And you know, as we've talked about, um, that this whole series is about mental fitness. It's all about mental fitness and simply the capacity to handle the challenges of life that we all face with a positive mindset. And, you know, it's kind of like, kind of like a, an athlete that needs to be physically in shape. So you have to practice. You have to work on it. And there is a, a technique and a system to effectively implement positive intelligence for yourself, and not only that, but for your clients if you're a coach. Now, in the previous episode, you'll remember that Bill Carmody and I talked about how these saboteurs team up against us and how they form tag teams together. But today, we're going to do something different. Well, we all have our saboteurs, as Charlie said, and uh, they have been talked about in different podcasts already done. Um, and so now it's time to move past that point where we identified which saboteurs were lying to us. And, you know, everybody has them from CEOs to Olympic athletes. <laughs> so we know that we're not alone. And single um, mothers. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So we're going to talk about finding the gift, and this is um, the main uh, underlying basis of the sage perspective that every outcome is a gift. Well, that's and, not, that sounds like a terrific technique and uh, thing to do if you can find the gift. Uh, it's going to be challenging to see how we do that, but let's go back just a little bit and uh, before positive intelligence and try to talk about for a minute or two, how people might have handled uh, these certain negative circumstances and situations without using positive intelligence. What do they do? What do they do, Amy? Well, they usually try to bargain and negotiate because their saboteurs are being very sneaky and getting around them. And they might tell us that our current distress is just like self-generated, and they might say, well, we could just deal with it. Yeah, and, and you had I've some... got a couple examples. Oh, good. Um, I was going to ask you. I need some examples. Okay. <laughs> so let's talk about um, my bad situations. Okay. Hit so me. I'm going to bring out um, three of them and just tell you what kind of questions came out to me. Um, so here's one. How could I not think that losing my scholarship was the end of the world? And here's another one. How could I not feel constant disappointment that I am parenting alone? And wow. then how could I not feel frustration with a divorce in four countries? Four countries? That's right. Oh my gosh. So I've set up a couple of situations there that we can look at and see, you know, how could you ever find the gift in those? Yeah, I can, uh, I'll suggest a couple for myself. And one is, uh, 
you know, going through some training and certification, failing one time and seeing what happens, how you feel, uh, how your how your saboteurs uh, deal with that, how you deal with that failure. And then another one is uh, is basically dealing with skeptics in uh, when you're being a coach in positive intelligence. They don't believe you to start out with. And it's kind of like a failure. And how do you deal with that? But uh, how does positive intelligence deal with these saboteurs? And then you can go back and refer to your examples too. Well, there's two ways. Um, one is to turn down the volume of the saboteurs like so that they are quieter for you. Um, and another one is to turn up the volume of your right brain, which is um, summoning your sage. And that means that you develop habits and you really train your brain to use this. So around the kind of neuroscience, which is within positive intelligence. And how is this done? Well, these, when we come to that point of being able to do self-command, we talk about PQ reps. And those are what you can do to really shift yourself out of a situation where you're stuck. Well, you know, you talk about PQ reps. So those are seem like a little bit of simple things to do. And this is what skeptics always talk about when you explain positive intelligence, because there are little exercises that you do. And intellectually, you can understand that you want to shift from that left brain to the right brain. But if you practice these little exercises, it trains your brain uh, over a period of time. It generally takes about two or three weeks you know, of doing exercises every day. And then when you start doing them, almost immediately that volume of the left brain is turned down and your saboteurs are intercepted. Your saboteurs are intercepted and opens the, opens the gateway for your wiser self. You know, and that uh, the wiser self, when we talked about that, uh, Amy, in previous sessions, uh, it's, we talk about the sage. You know, well, what is the sage anyway? And what's the sage perspective? Well, it's really about um, being in our right side of our brain um, and that needs to be activated. And so we need to turn down the volume of the other side of the brain, left brain to do this. So um, this wiser self, it's really gonna be able to come out when you've got that analytical, logical brain part turned off and you're in a kind of non-thinking brain. And that is where you can then use these sage powers. And you're in a place where you can do that. And you're, how can you uh, show uh, some examples of what happened to you in your, any one of the examples that you might've had when you've been able to turn down that sage, turn down that uh, left brain volume and listen to your wiser self. How is, tell us about that. Sure, Charlie. I want to emphasize that um, there are some situations where, you know, it is much harder to find a gift and we, we don't really push it too hard when it's something about grief. Um, and there's a situation where a person really needs to go through that grief. But the fact that, you know, you have this kind of um, touching the hot stove, it's alerting you to the fact that you have <clears throat> these negative feelings and that you want to go into the sage place. And so for me, um, 
you know, finding these gifts, it took quite a while and I never, you know, expected it to be right away. And that's another thing I tell my clients is, you know, even if it's just the fact that you're open to finding that gift, that is still, you know, a great place to be in if you're open to finding it. So for me, I'm just going to run through, there's three different areas where we talk about gifts from the sage perspective. Okay. And my examples fit conveniently into those. <laughs> so the first one is knowledge. So what might I get of a payoff in the future that might be more than what this situation is costing me? So if you think about my situation with losing my scholarship when I was at university, you know, at that time, that was sort of the end of the world to me. But now when I look back on it from the future, it was a place where I was then able to like change my focus to something like I was looking at economics. And actually what I'm doing now is much more in the kind of counseling, psychology, communication area. And that's where I moved to. So I look at that as like a significant gift for me to have gotten that scholarship taken away Yeah. now. And the next one is power. So that's about mental muscles that you can develop to be able to handle this and also other things. So my single parenthood, you know, I was developing some really strong mental muscles there and I was able to use those for other situations like work and friends and so you know that developed something new for me a gift and then the third one is inspiration and this is talking about what inspiring action would I commit to at the end of this situation and this was something with my divorce that you know friends were always saying to me I know you'll do something for other people about this you'll find something and that was the gift where I found at the end of it hey, you know, I can help other people that are in this situation. So I looked at focusing my coaching practice onto divorce lawyers. Oh my and golly. people that are divorcing. And so I am working with those people. And what I'm trying to really create is a better kind of divorce <laughs> experience yeah. for people. And, um, and that helps me feel like, okay, what I've gone through makes a difference. Wow. Those are good examples, Amy. I can think of, uh, you mentioned that, that uh, finding the gift in something difficult, like the death of a spouse or something like that, is very, very difficult. And that's an example that I went through about 15, 16 years ago, where my first wife passed away through cancer and, and I was devastated and didn't know how to do this. And the to try to find a gift in that is very difficult. I mean, even thinking about trying to find a gift in that is tough. But about three months after it happened, my wife, my wife's uh, former wife's mother, who, with whom I had a great relationship, just put her put her arm around me and told me. She said, "Charlie, you've been a you've been a great husband." She said, uh, "You've fulfilled all your promises and that sort of stuff." She says, "Life is for the living." She says, "At the end of the year, take off your ring." and start living your life. And that's my gift to you. And my golly, you know, that, that did it for me. And it was before positive intelligence, but that was finding the gift in a really, really negative circumstance. You know, and that, uh, 
the gift of knowledge, you know, what knowledge may I gain so that the payoff in the future from that experience could be larger than the situation that was costing me at the time. I was just in a total state of grief. And the payoff was after I realized that I could move forward with my former mother-in-law's permission, it, it gave me a new life. And, but I had to, had to develop some mental muscles before positive intelligence to do that. I have to keep telling myself that was that, that was okay, that was okay. I could, I could tell myself, I didn't know anything about PQ exercises at the time. And for inspiration, you know, what inspiring action might I commit to as a result of that situation is, hey, I'll, I'm gonna live a new life and it's okay. And this is what my former wife would want me to do. So that was an example of, uh, of, a, of a negative circumstance. And another one, Another one is uh, the problem that people have with weight loss, you know, losing weight. Positive intelligence is terrific for that because whenever you feel like nibbling on a slice of bread or something like that, instead of doing that, just do a couple of PQ exercises and it works, it works. And uh, I, I, I really like that. What are some of the uh, examples, uh, Amy, of the powers of the sage, you talked about that a little bit. Uh, you know, there are in positive intelligence, there's a process you go through. Tell us, and you use these powers once you call up the sage, what are they and how do you use them? Yeah, um, well, I just had a pod that finished actually um, last night. And so we were going through these and what was really helpful to them was to talk about the games that are associated with these. So yeah. I'll try to describe them in terms of the games. So the first one is empathize, and that is about empathizing with yourself first, so on the inside for you, and also with other people. And that's a really important one to master, kind of bigger than the rest of them to me. Um, and they're in the positive intelligence program, we do use a photo of a person as a child. So the client is looking at themselves as a child and that seems really impactful. And that's the kind of game then that I challenged my clients to go off and yeah. keep doing this and keep finding that game within them that is saying, hey, you know, you deserve the best from me, <laughs> you know? Yeah. And um, then the next one is called explore and the game with that is a fascinated anthropologist. And I actually did this with a kid, 11 year old kid the other day where we used some polished rocks. Oh and really? So, yeah. And so he put the rocks on the table and he kind of looked at how they were all fitting, like where his parents were and where his new school was. And, you know, we just had that situation laid out and we dug underneath all these different things. And that to me is what Explore is about. Mm -hmm. And then Innovate, which actually this morning I've just done with a group. Um, and that is, the game is yes and. And so what this is about is first idea is to be able to find 10% right in whatever another person contributes to a brainstorm. Um, and then to respond in saying, what I liked about that was da da da. And I would add da 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 da. So I'm um, always having this kind of idea of adding more 
and of finding what you like about the other person's idea. And when you have this in a group of people, you can really come up with some great solutions. Um, and the next one is navigate. And that is about seeing um, yourself from the perspective of an 80 year old you and looking back at your life and having that real picture, big picture point of view um, and saying to yourself, okay, so now we're looking back on this and you know what is important right now and what is not important right now. So that in itself is a game of kind of moving your mind around to a different place of you being older and looking at this situation from the point of view of a wise older person of you. And then the final one is called activate. And the power game with that is for me like sitting up straight. And sometimes I bring out my lightsaber <laughs> when I feel like it. And I say, okay, we've got laser focus here. And part of what we do in the game around that is finding out which saboteurs are going to be coming at us. So we're kind of anticipating that and thinking about, okay, you know, my hyperachiever is going to come and get me about this website not being good enough. So um, I'm ready for that. <laughs> and I'm ready to help that hyperachiever to be quiet. And so that's where all those um, powers of the stage come together. And they are all really fun games too. There are fun games and you explained that well. And I'll, I'll, you know, from my own perspective, I'll just kind of summarize what I, what I think you said in my own words. You know, the, you, you do have to empathize at the beginning. Uh, empathize with yourself that you're okay. Visualize, visualize yourself as a child. Have your client do that too. So they have a, you know, give yourself a break when you start out. You know, and then when you explore, once you do that and you activate the right side of your brain, you can take a look at, at circumstances, as you say, with a little bit more of a, a fascinated anthropologist's point of view of what's really going on here? What's really going on here? Because then you have your sages quiet and they're not, or not your sages, your saboteurs quiet and they're not yelling in your ear. And then you innovate. And I really liked your examples of the yes and. And I noticed, Amy, that when you were talking about the yes and game, you did never, never even thought about using the word yes, but. And you don't do that because the yes and game and innovation is to, as you said, think forward, be creative, throw things on the wall. And the volume of the things you throw on the wall is what is important because later on when you advance yourself into the navigate stage and you proceed to your wiser elder self, and for me that's a few years away, and uh, you look back, then you can be critical of these things and see them from that perspective of which ones you should do. And then, uh, as you mentioned, think about when you move into the activate uh, uh, stage and the activate power, you can think about what your saboteurs are going to do and how they will block you. You, you. you explained that very, very well. And then hold yourself accountable for, uh, for, for the actions that you take. Now, you mentioned earlier, and I, I mentioned it a little bit too, that, uh, that, that positive intelligence is a learned skill. It's not just an intellectual exercise like some of the other uh, things, like emotional intelligence is more of an intellectual 
exercise. Positive intelligence is a skill and it's a technique and you develop habits. And you mentioned PQ exercises. So, so tell me about what a PQ exercise is and maybe exercise is, and maybe let's uh, give an example for a minute or two of doing a PQ exercise and you lead that, okay? Okay, yeah, sure. Let's go for that. it. Okay, so what these PQ exercises, I describe them as mini meditations. And they can be only, you know, like 10 seconds. You can do them in a meeting or any kind of situation where you feel like you want to get to some calm and you want to be able to sort of change your brain state. And so um, one of my favorite ones I will show to you and teach to you um, through my voice is rubbing your forefinger and your thumb together. Okay. And with exquisite attention on those ridges on your fingertips. And just really focusing on that completely. And closing your eyes if you feel like it and taking some deep breaths. So when you come back out of that, just a little moment of you being able to have a complete focus on those fingertips. It just brings you too much better place. That's so cool, Amy. And you know, one of the things that happens uh, when you do these positive intelligence or PQ exercises, you don't want to wait until it's convenient to do them. You want to do them when it's inconvenient, when you need them. I mean, they're, they're the, in the positive intelligence training, you know, uh, Shirzad in the, in the training uh, programs gives you positive intelligence challenges, three of them every day. And they're intended to interrupt you because you stop what you're doing and that's important. And then just do a couple of PQ exercises for a minute or 30 yeah. seconds. And if yeah. you develop this habit to do this and you've, you've built up those muscles and you've, you've developed those new neural pathways, you feel almost immediately a shift in, in your perspective because you're, they, this immediately Inter intercepts those uh, saboteurs and opens, turns up the volume of your right brain. It's, it's like magic. It's not a gimmick. It's a habit and it works. It so, really is. Yeah. And it, and I love doing it and, and it's, but, but it's difficult as I get, I mentioned earlier for when you, when you get somebody started on this, on positive intelligence and telling them what about what it's about, they think they know how to do it immediately, but intellectually they they say well okay i can do this but you really can't because you have to develop the habits yeah. and that's the key thing key thing that you, you want to remember so amy how would you summarize what we've been talking about for the last 20 minutes or so well i know that we came into it talking about the gifts and really finding the gift in any outcome 
And I think, you know, that whole concept is so powerful that, you know, any outcome in your life can end up being a gift. It sort of gives you the hope <laughs> that you can live in a new way. And I think that for my clients, that's been one thing that they've always told me is that this kind of outcome being positive, whatever happens, it's a good one to have to take with you everywhere. That's certainly true. And, and, and it is difficult to understand that there's, there's a gift in almost every negative circumstance. And as I tried to mention, finding a gift in the death of a spouse, um, that's pretty tough stuff, but yes. it can be done. Or, the, or, or as you experienced, finding the gift in a loss of a relationship through a divorce. Absolutely. That's tough to do too, because in that particular situation, you find someone who has, who has left the relationship deliberately and is still mm -hmm. around. So there's yeah. a different perspective of, of how, how do you find the gift in that? You just simply have to. And being open to it, just yeah. that it will come you know, that it's out there and it will come. And then you have these sage powers to bring you along as well. So this kind of process is very active. So you're getting into it, you know, you're using the sage powers every day and that's going to help you to get to this place where you can find the gift. And as you say, or we said before, you know, you gotta get good at it. You develop the habits. And the more you do it, the better you get at it. And the quicker you can summon your sage because it just takes 10 seconds of rubbing those fingers together and all of a sudden you're over there. Yeah, yeah. And I think with our program, some people run it, you know, six, eight, 12 weeks, but in terms of getting to that point where you can lift some heavier muscles, can lift better, higher, heavier weights. <laughs> the mental muscles can lift heavier weights. And by the end of the program, it's great to see how people are doing that. You bet. And it's also important for coaches to know that there is a challenge when you're bringing on new clients to convince them that positive intelligence works. They've got to have faith in you. You've got to have faith in yourself. Do some PQ exercises and keep hammering that home. Because, uh, you know, this is neuroscience and you're developing those neural pathways on your clients and giving them uh, new, new habits. Well, you know, Amy, as usual, you are a lot of fun. And uh, we're really, it's really fun having a discussion about uh, positive intelligence with you and particularly the, 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 uh, the three gift technique. And I want to really thank you for joining me as uh, once again, Amy, as a co-host, and we'll probably do another one down the down the line if you would like. That sounds great, Charlie, and it would definitely be a gift to me. Oh, to I love that. that! I love that. <laughs> well, in our next few episodes, we're going to dive into those various sage powers in a little more detail with some other coaches that have already been lined up and are ready to rock and roll. And those sage powers, as, as, uh, as Amy mentioned, are empathize, explore, innovate, navigate, and activate. And Amy, if someone wants to contact you for some more on positive intelligence, how, how would one do that? Your website and that, and, and, et cetera. 
Well, my website is currently under construction. So I'm just going to give my email address. It's okay. Amy Moser 30, A M Y M O S E R 30 at gmail.com. Amy, and I'm also on LinkedIn. I'm a big LinkedIn person. So. so go to LinkedIn and look up Amy Mosier and you'll get the light, bright light turning on over London. Or you can email amymosier30 at gmail.com. And for myself, you can reach me at ccjet at msn.com. And that's like a jet airplane with two Ts. J-E-T-T at msn.com. Or on this podcast, podcast PQ. Dot com. That's the website for this. Or I have several other websites and my coaching website is charliejetcoaching.com. So I want to thank all of you for joining us and we'll see you soon in our next episode when certified positive intelligence coach Samantha Severling and I will begin the discussion about the sage power by starting with empathize. So thank you, Amy, and we'll be talking later. Thank you, Charlie.